Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Chatterstorm, your favourite Magic the Gathering podcast. Uh, before we jump into things, and there is a lot to jump into today, um, I want to just say that you should follow us on Twitter. Uh, it's at ChatterstormPod. And uh, we are currently building a Magic the Gathering blog as well. Uh, and we're going to start putting up more Magic the Gathering articles, whether that's breakdowns of news and events, uh, or deck techs, or maybe like EDH focused content. I'm not really sure yet, but it's going to be chatterstorm.co.uk. Not quite up and running yet, but I think it will be in the next week or so. So keep an eye on that. And check it out and see you know how it's how it's coming along i think it's live and i'm i'm gonna update it uh while it's still live so you can check it out it's not i mean there's nothing there yet but <laughs> exciting yeah uh if you're listening in the future check it out um i'm here with sarah the Hi. wonderful oh am i thank you hello i know right um... and sam hey i'm wonderful oh. too <laughs> <laughs> Come on, I ne- I'm never. No one's ever nice to me on this podcast. Let me have something. Fine. I don't. Th- I don't feel like it needed saying with Sam. Oh, Great, you're right. You're absolutely back. right. Now we are. Back. <laughs> Hello, I am Sam. I am wonderful. I am here. <laughs> yep. And uh, this week has been very exciting uh, in the Magic: The Gathering universe because the Magic: The Gathering World Championship. Mm-hmm. Um, was on. I don't know which number. XXVII. Twenty-seven. Damn. Oh yeah, that makes sense. That is <laughs> that is twenty-seven. Uh, yeah, I, to- I totally knew the Roman you knew numerals. The Roman numerals yeah, from, from not because yeah. I've watched mm. it. Um, <laughs> yeah. So the twenty-seventh Magic: The Gathering World Championships is this weekend. So at the time of recording, um, days one and two have been played out, and day three, which is a showdown. Uh, between the top four mm-hmm. and I think it's the format is standard yes um, that hasn't happened yet so whatever we talk about here um, we don't actually know what the outcome of worlds is yet this by the time this episode's published you guys will know mm-hmm. but we do not so we're probably going to talk about who we think is going to win and stuff like that and uh, y- you might j- immediately think that we're idiots uh, based on our assumptions, but or it's because, based on anything. Well, yeah, just in general, mm-hmm. uh, it's safe to assume we are idiots. <laughs> um, so, Sarah, Sam, have you guys been following the World Championships? I have. I Sam, have you? not. No, not really. Sorry. <laughs> well, let's talk about that first. Why haven't you, Sam? Is it like is there a reason why you're not so interested in uh like big official tournaments like this? Um well there was obviously uh, a bit of a, a a downer that happened with the competitive sort of magic community. Um mm-hmm. everyone's been feeling a bit, you know, bleh is the best way I can put it. Um there there was a lot of controversy that happened. I think they made an announcement sometime this year about the future of competitive play and since then yeah. uh, my kind of enjoyment for competitive magic and, and the events has 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 you know it's dipped a lot because you you see that reflected in all the players there's just not as much interest or emotion um or maybe that's different with this world's tournament i haven't really paid attention to it but from what i can tell like a lot of pro players have been a little bit disinterested with magic uh so wizards run events uh so you know uh, that's just kind of uh, you know just 
I've, I've not really watched it this time around. Perhaps I would have enjoyed it, but that's what mm-hmm. wizards did, and they suck. So. <laughs> I do think that you you do raise a really good point. Uh, Wizards have not really treated pro magic very well this for for a few years now, mm-hmm. and I think that you see this reflected in the standings. So when you look at who was competing in Worlds, um, you have a couple of players from Brazil. Uh, you have um, a few players, like a good handful of players from Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, quite a few players from specifically Japan yes. and then quite a few players from the US um, and representation is pretty poor and there are actually very few players who do not slot into quite a specific demographic mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of them have been playing magic for upwards of 15 years like like that they've got like decades yeah, a lot long of them was careers with magic and yeah and and you don't need to have played magic for that long to be at the pro level i actually think that the reason that so many of them have uh like so many of the mpl uh have been playing magic for decades is because it's really not accessible to Mm -hmm. get into like the pro levels of magic um, wizards make it very complicated with mm. like how to qualify and uh, it's just not an easy thing to do and so the people who were able to get into it decades ago haven't really put up with much competition yeah um, and representation is uh, is pretty bad there's I don't think there were any uh, uh, any challengers who identify as female no. uh, n- there was no people of color uh in in this world championship and and i think that just it kind of reflects the state of magic a couple of decades ago um i do think magic is uh, and wizards are trying to target a much wider demographic now and that magic is a lot more mainstream now mm-hmm. but whilst magic is a lot more mainstream uh getting to that level of play is definitely not it's not very accessible it's very confusing yeah there's i think there's a huge huge disparity between the uh, competitive side of magic like i think you can associate uh, a lot of games like if you think about like a fighting game for example you the first thing that most people think about is like what's the kind of competitive scene of this game did a lot of people play it do a lot mm-hmm. of people compete with magic i feel like it's you know what uh what commander decks do you play what decks do you play blah blah, blah. oh no one no one's yeah. ever like who's your favorite pro player and it's like oh, there's a pro players for this game <laughs> um yeah. yeah there's a huge disparity and divide between the those two there's like they're basically two different communities uh, and wizards tends to obviously they, they don't they don't really try and uh mix not mix i would say but like tender to both sides of the community um and that that creates a yeah, bit of a they, they don't freshen it up yeah it creates a bit it creates that disparity and it creates a bigger divide between them and that that ultimately is kind of the, the core reason behind this there's there's not a lot of interest for you know new people playing magic to watch pro magic for example um yeah. in my opinion but yeah. yeah that's unfortunately the way it is i generally do enjoy uh high level magic mm-hmm. uh i i do think that the i do think things like the world championships leave so much to be desired to begin with um when i first started playing magic they were pretty good like they'd fly everyone out to hawaii and they'd have these mm-hmm. quite elaborate setups uh, you could see all the players playing, and uh, mm-hmm. they were sat opposite each other, playing on arena, 
at this point when I started yes. um, when I started watching competitive magic. But they're sat opposite each other. Mm-hmm. Um, now it's all remote, and there's just a lot that sort of diminishes the experience for the viewer. Uh, for one, there's always technical issues. I yeah. I, I don't know. <sighs> how they consistently have the same technical issues like <laughs> audio issues and stream issues uh the viewing interfaces and as we won't dwell yeah, on this too sad. much but yeah it's, it's terrible awful. Mm-hmm. yeah i don't i don't i feel like it just wouldn't be difficult to make it good as well yeah wizards right? just don't they just seem, don't care yeah they don't seem interested in in setting up like a proper spectator uh mode for arena yes. yeah exactly that yeah at some points while watching the streams uh, the commentators would be talking about a contender and they'd say something along the lines of uh, yep, uh, this contender qualified through the MPL gauntlet oh, no, 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 I mean, uh, I mean yeah. Rivals League uh, and it's like, so they confusing. don't know yeah. even, I don't think even the pros know yeah, like, how they qualify for World Championships one of the ways, I'm here, that's enough for me yeah, it's it's so confusing yeah, and that nobody really seems to know what's going on I wouldn't on. be surprised if there was a case where like for example, like PV DDR, he actually didn't qualify, but they're like, "Hold on, this guy, this guy's a professional. He, he's, he's yeah, here, like, right? Oh, he must have qualified. Yeah. Like, yeah. He just, he's just sneakily just entered. Yeah, he like, just yeah, shows yeah, up, and they're like, yeah. oh, yeah, he's in. Yeah, that's fine.' Yeah, that makes sense. He'd be here. <laughs> I mean, that's that's probably totally true. Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> um, they're not super clear on what's going on and how the tournament is being run either. It might be that I just don't pay enough attention. This is possible, but. It's not really clear who's going to have to do what yeah. to win the thing. Um, yeah. You shouldn't have to pay that much attention, what. to be honest. Like, it shouldn't be as you shouldn't uh, as difficult to keep up with the scene like that. And unfortunately, it is. But, uh, yeah, yeah, it is. So I can totally understand the sort of diminishing interest in pro magic, and mm-hmm. I think Wizards have detected that too. And this, I don't, I don't really well, know what the future. Is this the last worlds? Honestly, we don't I know, no do idea. we? Yeah. I, I, I saw know. something uh, about that. I th- I'm pretty sure PVDDR tweeted something about this being the last competitive magic event. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess it's the last one that we know for definite, because it's happening now. But like, we don't. Yeah, yeah, they could do another one. I feel like it's really unclear what they're doing yeah. with it. Mm-hmm. The, they, it, the communication is pretty terrible. I think that this is the last major pro event although i uh, they i don't know i think it is yeah uh they have said they may bring it back in future when they do and if they do i really hope they just revamp it like Mm -hmm. they they refresh the whole thing Mm -hmm. because it is very stagnant it's not uh, even revamp though just go back to how it was a couple years ago that worked so much better it did yeah it's still a problem with you know um covid restrictions uh like flying everybody yeah uh to one country is difficult because mm-hmm. countries are on other countries' blacklists and things like that. Mm-hmm. So players might not be able to attend yeah. events. Well, I'm all, for, I'm all for it being remote, I suppose, as well. But they need to make a spectator mode. They really just do, make yeah. things a little more... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because like, that would be fine. I don't... Like, going through the whole Hawaii thing is really cool. But maybe for the players, actually playing remotely would suit them better. I Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I do think that... You can tell with this because the the competition runs on U.S. time. Yes. Uh, you can you can see the European players. You get so tired. Yeah, they're, they're just exhausted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it runs on U.S. time. It does. Yeah, it's um P P P D T time. Pacific Day time. Yes. Right. Yeah. I'm not even sure what, what that is. <laughs> but, um, 
Yeah. So with all of the criticisms of the World Championships out of the way, yes. um, it has been actually a really interesting competition to watch. I think that there's actually a lot more emotional investment from the players this time um, because it's possibly the last one. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, if you watch the streams, and they are long, there's like 16 hours of stuff to go through, <laughs> but there are some genuinely like hair-raising moments mm -hmm. uh some really good games some really heartbreaking games yeah um and some really uh emotionally impactful moments where players have uh kind of cleared their position for day two and day three mm -hmm. um and uh, that's the kind of thing that makes this kind of a competition worthwhile this kind of stream worthwhile uh, and it, i think that when you experience that you realize it, it'd be a shame to lose that but okay so for those that didn't watch uh day one was draft so all of the players drafted in pods of eight there were 16 players in total um and they took those drafts and played in their pods um which is very different to drafting on arena because you normally on arena you do not play the players that are in your pods drafting mm -hmm. um it's more similar to people who draft in paper uh at, you know fnms and pre-releases and things they'll be more familiar with this but we definitely did see a tactic which you just don't see on arena uh which is hate drafting yeah you know uh we saw uh, a player who had drafted a strong blue white deck uh, take Meat Hook Meat Massacre, Massacre yeah. because he probably thought, man, I do not want to play the person who pulls mm -hmm. Meat Hook Massacre, mm -hmm. so I'm going to take it. Um, and yeah, you see, definitely like um, watching that draft, you see some of the complex decisions that go into um, drafting at a pro level and, mm -hmm. dr and drafting and playing within the same pod. Uh, so the first draft i believe we saw the perspective of the people's champion pvddr yes. <laughs> paolo vitor damadorosa um and my god was it a nerve-wracking draft yeah from pvddr's perspective was, we went through and he was five colors at one point oh god okay and i was like yeah because he just like he, yep. he just did, i don't think he knew where he was slotting into and he it, well, literally there was i think by pick six he had all five colors I see. Yep, he did. <laughs> um, his approach was definitely to take the best card that he could with each pack mm -hmm. and see what was open. Mm -hmm. uh, however, by the end of pack one, literally opening pack two, he had a five color deck, oh yeah. which was just not, not playable. Um, he ended up finding good blue red mm -hmm. and good black white. Yeah. And it was sort of like, I think halfway through pack two, where he had to really decide which way he was going to go. And he went black white. Mm -hmm. yeah. However, by the end of pack two, <laughs> two other <laughs> players at the table who were going to be passing to Paolo for and pack three. And were next to each other as well. And were next to each other, were also in black white. Oh no, okay. It was a real journey, it watching was, the draft. Yeah. Yeah. Like... So going into pack three, from PVDDR's perspective, uh, it was not looking good at all. He no. tipped black white. He was low on playables because he was split for so much of the draft. And 
the two players who were passing to him were also playing black-white, so he was just... It was not looking good. But then, he has a really great pack three. Mm-hmm. Um, somehow pulls a bunch of good black-white cards. Uh, yeah. And, of course, we don't know what was happening around the rest of the table. Yeah. But it, it kind of starts to come together. He does end up building a mediocre deck. Mm-hmm. But one of the kind of... Uh, tricky things with pod drafting at a pro level is that um unlike in arena people will hate draft and nobody's going to have a bad deck these are pros yeah. pros take the good yeah. cards um so what you end up with normally at pro level pod drafts are eight mediocre decks mm. right because you're much less likely to get past a bomb because it'll get hate drafted just, yeah and there is no like you know, you're, you're never going to get somebody uh, getting, like, four or five organ hoarders uh, because yeah. everybody on the pod is, is passing them. Yeah. Like, these players know what cards are good and what cards are not good, and they will take the good ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you'd, you'd, yeah, so you'd be lucky if you got two organ hoarders. That's interesting. Um, which is kind of the, the premium common in Midnight Hunt. Uh, so, yeah, you, you, you tend to get more mediocre decks uh, at, like, high-level pod drafts. Um and it definitely it was interesting to watch uh, i think the absolute standout player at this point in the tournament was strasky mm-hmm. andre strasky of the czech republic uh i think he went four and oh, yes. wow. on the drafts and he was the only player to do so um and that is really awesome yeah. um gets that means he gets into day two nice and easy uh, and it's uh, I don't know exactly how it works, but picking up four wins that early makes it easier to resolve tiebreakers if you get yeah. into that at any point in the competition. Because that's okay. one thing I'm not I was sure exactly um, how it works. I was just going to ask because yeah, I'm not sure how I don't know how the tournament is uh, organized or how it works exactly. Because I I remember seeing something about Yuta Takahashi. Uh, he went zero and three in the limited side. He did. Um, yeah. So he did really yeah. bad. But he is currently undefeated in the top four for standard. Uh, as far as I'm aware, yeah. he's like seven zero or eight zero or something like that. Um, yeah. so, he is. So yeah. I'm not. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, he know. went into it saying he was like, "I'm rubbish at draft." <laughs> well, not rubbish because he's, he's a pro player, but yeah. comparatively, he was like, "Yeah, I, I, I don't know how much. to draft, but I'm I'm good at standard." And yeah. then I mean, he totally proved that. Yeah. So Utah is my pick for the win. Okay. Uh, now I think that after day two, which mm. was all standard, um, first off, I think we've got to talk about the deck spread. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the most common deck was Grixis Epiphany. Yeah. Blue, black, red, uh, taking turns basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so very similar to the Is It Epiphany list, but uh, running black for some sort of premium removal. And that's pretty much it for duress and stuff, which is really mm-hmm. really good yeah. against the control, uh, uh, other control decks, and in the mirror. Um, there were a couple of Is It Epiphany lists as well. There was. I think one mono green player. There was that was Sam, Sam Party, yeah. and he did well. Um, and there was uh, one team of treasures player. Yeah, which is the a in... new deck, right? Yeah, we yeah. Really uh, well, that. it was it was pretty much like the gruel list that's been going around, but splashing blue just for negate, which yeah. I find very oh, interesting. That's interesting, yeah. That's yeah, kind of a uh, metaphor. That was Jean Emmanuel de Praz. Um, uh, from France, uh, mm-hmm. who, who also is in the top four, right? right? Jean-Emmanuel Depot? I think it's something Ooh. like that, yeah. I don't think you pronounce the Z. Uh, yeah, you don't. I was just... 
Gene Emanuel deep press. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Uh, yeah, I, I just wanted to make sure everybody knew who I was talking about. Uh-huh. Yeah, now they'll know. Yeah. Um, okay, so that's in, so the top four, the the four lists in the top four right now. So just remind me because I remember I, I saw Utah was playing the Is It list, the Is It Epiphany. Um, Utah is playing an Epiphany list, but it is different to everybody else's. Okay. How so? Mm-hmm. Um, so. A lot of the Epiphany and Grixis lists are playing Lear, and because everybody's playing Lear, um, nobody's playing Counterspells. Right. Mm-hmm. Because, so we talked about Lear last week and how it's super powerful because it basically draws you your whole graveyard, mm-hmm. but spells can't be countered. Uh, but you can always bounce it and then counter something. Yeah. Well, you can't so easily bounce your opponent's Lear. Um, well, actually, I think you can. But... Um, because everybody's playing Lear, you know, if you have a Lear and your opponent has a Lear, then you've got to bounce two things to counter. So people yeah. just aren't playing counter spells. Mm-hmm. Um, and the most common list in Worlds is the no counter spell epiphany list. Um, Utah, I think, is the only player who is not playing Lear. He is playing Is It Dragons, really. Yeah. Uh, and it's his, his list is unique in that sense. He's playing four Smoldering Egg. Four Goldspan Dragon mm-hmm. and l- many counter spells. He's playing a copy of Negate, a copy of Dissipate, two Test of Talents, three Juari Disruptions. I saw it coming. Um, and he is the only player who's playing that many counter spells and is playing all the dragons. Yeah. So Yuta's playing Is It Dragons, which is a unique list uh, in the tournament. Yeah. Um, Gene Emmanuel Deep Prayers is, <laughs> is playing. Um, is playing the the team of treasures list which we were talking about so it was kind of like gruel with magda and uh jasper sentinel um with epiphany no no no, no epiphany no um epiphany. goldspan dragon okay yeah. and uh you know it, it's like a a gruel stompy list and it is aggressive but it, it it splashes blue for negate and it makes a lot of treasures and that's that's how it does the splash um and they're both in the top four mm-hmm. um strasky what's strasky playing it's, um, I think it's just Is It Epiphany. Is I it say epiphany? just Is It Epiphany. Yeah, so I, I think Strassi's playing a more typical Is It Epiphany list, I believe. Mm-hmm. I believe. And who was the in the final slot? Is it Sam Party? No, it's um, Jan, Jan Merkel. Oh, yes, yeah. Jan Merkel. Who I think um, is playing Grixis, Grixis Epiphany. Yeah. I yeah. see, okay. Um, so we've, we've got four different decks in the top four, which mm-hmm. is really good. Um... And uh, I think that, yeah, Sam Party was playing mono green, Stompy, and he did very well. Uh, I think that everybody's current favorite pro, Arne Hushenbet, the kind of mm. underdog on the scene, unfortunately uh, is at the bottom of the rankings for day two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he didn't do very well. Uh, I, I think that his draft was mediocre, and uh, we did see one of his games, and he was very unfortunate. He, he did get mana screwed yeah. uh, two games in a row and that oh. lost him the match and it, it was just really which is it rubbish was, it was yeah like I don't I don't know how you can and I try, did try to think but I don't know how you could fix the mana issues with Arena mm-hmm. but it just it makes it feel I think for both players not as good of a win yeah like mm-hmm. if you win because somebody can't play anything that's not good for anybody to watch that's not good for the person that loses because they didn't even get to lose because someone played better than them they lost because they couldn't play and then the winner didn't get to show 
that they're a better player. Yeah. They just there's, got, it was just easier for them to win. There's unfortunately no solution to that. The it, Magic: The Gathering is a card game, just uh, a draw-based card game, which will, yeah. you know, it, there is elements of. I hate, I hate, I hate putting, I hate, I hate to say this, but like there is elements of RNG in Magic which are hugely determining mm. of the outcome of matches. Um, Absolutely. So it's yeah. it's unfortunate. That is unfortunately just the sport itself, the esports. Sorry. <laughs> um, and we yeah. saw it go both ways. Yeah. Like Arnie Hushenbet, he, you know, it's it is just heartbreaking to see uh, a player who you're rooting for keep a reasonable hand and then just not draw land yeah mm-hmm. and it's just like well like what are you supposed to do it's just tragic and then, yeah uh, but then we also saw like uh, there was a point where sam pardy playing mono green stompy well, yeah. kept a one, one land, land hand. hand and it would have all fallen apart if he didn't draw land off the top mm-hmm. and he did he did it, was it just, like it just yeah relief. yeah ripped a land off the top and then he had a perfect curve and a perfect hand. yeah mm-hmm. and, and, and then just similarly so as like well. he could have not I did tune into one match with Yuta, Yuta, his is it list, and I was thinking, okay, he he's a very strong player now, but that was crazy lucky by Yuta, because <laughs> it was um mm-hmm. it was both games was turn two smoldering egg, and then by turn four it had transformed, and I was like, that's just yeah. perfect mm-hmm. for him. Like you, you don't you don't get around that. Like he's played his counter spell, he played his Sorik coming for three for two mana, which which adds three counters, and then it gets to seven on turn four for the for the dragon, and then it, it just worked out perfectly for him. And then he had yeah. like two mm-hmm. two goldspan dragons in hand and an epiphany as well, and I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah that was, and it was for both games, and I was like, that was just dominant from Utah, like perfect top deck yes. pretty much he is he, a really strong player mm-hmm. and Utah is fascinating because yeah. as you mentioned sarah he when he when he was asked about his draft deck on day one i think he just laughed he, yeah yeah he did, he did yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think i think that he was asked you know what do you think of your draft deck how do you think you fare in the draft and i think he just laughed yeah because um, he, he he yeah he, he really doesn't favor draft and so yeah, he, he I think he he did quite poorly in the draft. I think he went like one three or something. I think it might have been oh. I think it was oh three. Oh three. Oh, I'm not. Oh, would it be oh four? Yeah, uh, yeah. I think he was one three. Possibly one three or Maybe. it would have been one three or oh four or something like that. Yeah, I think he was one three. Um, and so he was looking quite weak going into day two, but then day two he did not drop a match. Mm-hmm. Uh, he won every single game. Um, his deck is really well positioned yeah. in the meta of this tournament. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's really good to see. And uh, when he qualified for oh. day three, um, because of course he did so poorly in the draft, he really needed to show up on day two. Strusky was undefeated on day one, <laughs> yeah. undefeated on day two. He currently has not lost a single game. He also mm-hmm. only had, because he was undefeated, right, he only had to play two or three games. I think so, before two, he just got Yeah, and then he just got, they yeah. were like, yeah, he's got the rest of the day off now. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, the day was like 10 at night for him or something like that, probably. Yeah. But still, he, he got a bit of a rest. Exactly, yeah. And he was, you know, th- there was, Strasky had some room for error on day two. He did very well, and mm-hmm. of course the stakes are still very high, but he hadn't dropped a game yet, and he and nobody else in the competition can boast the same accolade, yeah. so he had some wiggle room. If he dropped a game, it's really not the end yeah, of the world. He's now on the same level as everyone else, mm-hmm. and and he can still uh, make it to day three. He's still, he's still pretty much a shoe-in for the top four, um, whereas Takahashi really had to show up on day two. Yeah. It, like, he, he had to win every game, mm-hmm. and he did. And 
when he won that final game, yeah. you really see it. You see he's so zoned in. He wins the game and he leans back and you kind of see his brain disengage from the game. Um, there's like, and, he has like a pause, maybe 10 or 15 seconds where there's almost like no emotion on his face. 15 seconds is a very long time. It felt time. like a long time. Maybe it was two or three. It felt like a long time because I was about to say, does he know he's won? Like, because no. it was just nothing. And then it was genuinely one of the loveliest things I've ever seen. It could seen. have also just, just been Wizards being terrible and so it was happy. a huge delay. No, I think it was, I think Josh is right. It was him, like, coming out of game mode. Yeah. That's, kind of sitting that's back. Nice to see. And then you just saw him take his glasses off and start crying. Oh, that's, that, like, yeah. It, yeah. it was really, like, it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. It made me really happy. Yeah, I'm really rooting for him. Yeah, it's a nice heart felt moment. how much it meant to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it could be that, you know, it was almost like he did it on cue. Because actually, the commentate the commentators at that point, uh, they cut to a, uh, you know, a stream of, of Utah. Mm-hmm. And they said, oh, just look at the emotion on his face. And he was just deadpan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there, was, there was not a flicker of emotion on his face. That's funny. But then, then he, he broke happened. into tears. Yeah. And it was like, oh, okay. <laughs> that was... That was a good yeah, save. Because remember, the games <laughs> are <laughs> the games are played. Uh, I think with a huge delay of like 30, ten or twenty minutes uh, prior mm-hmm. to anyone seeing them. So the commentators do commentate. Oh really? Pro- yeah, because otherwise you could, in theory, yeah. stream snipe, um, which means mm-hmm. you could just open the stream. Yeah, you could. Well, I, did, I so I just I did think about you could that. watch it live and text your friend what their opponent has. So in their I hand did yet. think about that immediately because, as we all know, I was like trying to find a little sneaky way around things. <laughs> But then Sa- I thought... Yeah, Sarah is just uh, a natural-born cheater. No, She it's... can't overcome no, I just like... <laughs> instinct she has to cheat and lie. I just like to think of ways. Like, when we were playing chess a while ago, and I asked you if we could play on chess.com, and I asked if you could be white <laughs> so that I could play two games and play oh. Josh's moves... And then see what the and, computer and put did them into back. an engine. Yeah, yeah. like <laughs> not even not even a good cheating, <laughs> just straight up cheating. Uh, <laughs> but I figured um, that yeah, probably pro players aren't doing that because that would be a lot, right? Yeah, yeah it'd be it'd be a bit too easy <laughs> to get away with, especially playing remotely. Um, mm. Obviously, there's there's a whole thing of like, oh, that that play seemed like he was sniping his opponent, blah blah. blah. But you know, that, let's not get into that. Um, so yeah, the the matches are played. I think like thirty minutes prior to them going live on the stream, uh, mm. and the commentators watch them live as they commentate um, for the first yeah. time. So yeah, it's yeah, that's right. It's interesting, and um, yeah, like it, it's cool. I I I do I do feel like I I, I should have watched the the streams, but um, well, you, know. you still can. It's yeah. all up on Twitch. It'll probably all be put up as individual matches on YouTube. Yeah. That's normally what Wizards I'll do. I'll probably wait and for like a, a highlight kind of thing, just because I don't think I have the yeah. time to watch mm-hmm. the entire tournament. But yeah, yeah. Um, I'll tell you what's really cringy. Though, oh gosh, is um, is when the commentators cut to the players. Oh god, um, thank but you. But it's yeah. the same in all sports. Like you know when uh, in in you know you know football or something they cut to the players and they're like, what do you think of that match? And they're just like like they say the most pointless yeah. bollocks, <laughs> and it's just so it's it's so cringy. And you get it because like this man has just 
spent 90 minutes yeah. running around on a field non-stop like he doesn't have the energy to think a, give, him a, yeah. give, him a, give him a break there's a really really good Kean Peel skit on YouTube that is exactly that situation oh it's gotta give it 100% yeah that's the one yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's like so what did you think of this match uh, we, we as it worked as a team we applied ourselves gave 100% and then it's like so how was home at, how was life at home these days we work as a team gave 100% <laughs> Can you give me one original thought about the game that you just played? Oh, yeah, we just worked the team. Uh, Applaud ourselves, give 100%. 100%. (laughs) That's exactly the same situation here. Yeah, it's the same same with esports, except you have the added layer of language barriers, lag in conversation. Oh, no. And Magic the Gathering pros are, bless their hearts, usually quite awkward (laughs) many of them many of them are quite socially awkward many of them are not and and have a really great personality but it's more common for them to be a little bit awkward um and yeah they're just they're very painful moments in the stream for me when they cut to a player sometimes they just cut to them and nobody's talking and I don't know if they know that they're on camera because it gets to the end and then when there's like a little break and we'll talk about the um, the quiz questions in the break in a second and find out why I may owe Josh six takeaways by the end of today because yeah. I'm not very good at answering the questions but then they just show the streamers and they're just looking at their computers and I don't know if they know that they're on and I can't figure out why they would do that. Yeah, honestly, I, that seems likely especially with having to have the forced like 10 minute game delay or something like that they're probably that means they have to wait 10 minutes after they finish their match for the post interview so they're probably just chilling there waiting for it to come on and then but yeah they're just like looking around imagine i would want to know if i was going to be streamed on twitch (laughs) that was pretty funny (laughs) but yeah yeah um but it's it's still it's good it's good to watch because the you know seeing the players uh, reactions is super worth it there mm-hmm. are some really tense games and there are honestly some really just satisfying play from pros uh, and it helps to have it commentated by um you know somebody who used to be a professional yeah. mm-hmm. um which is normally a part of the commentary that's actually something i was also going to bring up because when i did tune into Utah's game um the commentators were i can't remember who it was that was commentating but I remember there was multiple points in the match where I was like, I wish I could see the chat right now because the commentators are so wrong. <laughs> because it was... The, I remember seeing something like... Um, it was it was to do with... Um, like, Utah had a gold span on board and a gold span in hand and an Oren's Epiphany. And they were trying to figure out if he yeah. could Oren's Epiphany the same Whether time. Whether he had lethal. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, yes, yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I remember watching it and thinking, he, he hold on, do he does it, have and lethal. And then did. the commentators yeah. were like, yeah. oh, so he can't, he's probably just going to play Smoldering Egg, he can't do it. Oh, he's, he's slamming the dragon down, what's going on here? It's like, <laughs> he's, he's got lethal, right? Am I counting this wrong? And then like, oh wait, he can play the Aurora's Epiphany. <laughs> <laughs> and I just thought that kind of moment made me laugh. And um, Yeah, counting is hard, especially live and commentating at the same time. Yeah, of yeah. course. It's, it's hard. I know. It's hard to do. Um, but there are some, you know, you really... If you really pay attention to the matches, I think you really get a taste for what, how these pros are so good. Mm-hmm. Like, for me, um, there are several points where I, I see a pro thinking ahead in a way that I just don't when I play. Mm-hmm. Um, like, there'll be a moment where a, a pro will make a suboptimal play on one turn, and the reason for it 
is because they think, well, if I play suboptimally this turn, then the best that I can do next turn is way, way better. Yeah. Like, uh, if I just, you know, if I... And, and I don't think that far ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you see players play like that uh, in these high-level tournaments, and it's really fascinating. Um, and you also, you know, there are a few moments in the tournament where uh, bluffs are made. Mm-hmm. You know, you, uh, somebody could play this spell and develop their board, or they could not and bluff that they have a counter spell. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's really, really good to see uh, high-level magic played. Uh, and this is one of the rare places where you can actually see pros play against each other. Because a lot of them do stream, but streaming is playing on the ladder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually these sort of pr- professional tournaments are one of the only places where we get to see pros really going at their best mm-hmm. um, and it's it's yeah it's difficult to see anywhere else so there's a lot of good reasons to watch the world championships and I'm definitely looking forward to seeing the outcome and my money is on Yuta Takahashi but also don't gamble mm. no. <laughs> no we 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 have we have gambled though not money um, yeah. But as I said, they do like little questions um, in the breaks, and it's things like, "Oh, who? What year did this person first qualify?" Things like that. Okay. And I'm really bad at that. So at the end of yesterday, uh, we were betting takeaways rather than money. So I currently owe Josh three takeaways, mm-hmm. um, and we have done a double or nothing on who's gonna win the tournament. So as Josh said, he is rooting for. Yusu Takahashi. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and if he wins, I get uh, six takeaways from Let's Say I Repays for. Yep. Um, and if he doesn't, then we go back to yeah, I get the zero takeaway <laughs> oh, balance. So this is, this is moment, terrible for you, Sarah. Well, well, this well, is this because Sarah has already really lost badly, yeah. so much. Um, yeah. <laughs> she's already three takeaways down. Yeah. So I, I decided to put a double or nothing on the table because I believe in Yuta and I yeah. believe in his deck. So, I, so I'm going for Andre Strasky and... I did actually say him from the off. This isn't like, oh, he's seven and I'm going to pick the favourite. I actually liked him from the beginning. You did, yeah. However, I mean, I don't want to have to buy you six takeaways. (laughs) But I will actually be really happy if Yuta Takahashi wins because I kind of want him to. But do I want to buy six takeaways? (laughs) But also I'd be happy if Andre Strasky wins. So I don't know. Don't gamble, kids. But if you're going to gamble, gamble takeaways, kids. Because then you get half a takeaway. That's true. Yeah, Sarah will be sharing all the takeaways with me, so it's not on total loss. No. Fair enough. <laughs> mm. Um okay, so we have spoken a lot about the, you know, the tournament itself. Um mm-hmm. did we want to talk about the the meta game from like following this tournament? Um what do you guys think is kind of, you know, what's the meta game going to look like? Cuz we've seen, you know, Epiphany has kind of taken over, right? It seems to just really yeah. shut down uh, the mid mid range decks, things like Storm the Festival, just do not exist anymore, um, just because the mm-hmm. control decks just destroy those mid range decks. Uh, so we haven't seen, we haven't really seen any of those kind of decks. It's mo- it's mainly been aggro and control and a bit of a back and forth between them. Uh, so what do you guys think that says about uh, Epiphany as a card? I believe that is like the most problematic one in the format, in my opinion. Uh, and I think a lot of people are sort of discussing whether or not it would be the next sort of band yeah the next sort of band card yeah Yeah. so what do you guys think uh, this tournament will uh how do you think that will affect that Mm, well i have already started to build is it epiphany (laughs) so and i say that i have started to build it i have no epiphanies and i have no 
mythics because uh, last week we spoke about decks that we built and I used all my wild cards mm-hmm. on a deck that now I don't really want to play. But <laughs> maybe that's a sign for people to spend their wild cards on Epiphany because they'll know they get them back once it gets banned. Yeah, if it gets banned, you'd get them uh, back. Oh, okay. Oh, that's good. Yeah, and that way you can play with like a top card and, and you know actually compete well. That, that, is a, that is like an arena meta is to, to build the really powerful, most likely to be banned deck just because you know you'll get your cards back. You'll know you get cards back. Yeah. Okay. That's, I mean something good that wizards do for arena okay. more for the players I, I don't know if i'd say good i'd say necessary minimum. well i think i think yeah. yeah but when they're so bad i feel like good becomes way it lower does yeah the there's, a, there's a very low bar for them to hit you know because because yeah. you're right but then that's, in, in that's real more life, like you don't... look at this way that wizards does not screw over its customers <laughs> yeah well done but wizards in real life <laughs> if a card got banned in every format, you can't like return. You're it. right. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's true. You can't. But then maybe I don't know. But would would a banned card in every format would that sell for a lot? No. No. So then yeah, then there's no point. So it's, there is a nice thing, a, a passable nice thing that they're doing. Yeah. yeah. Um. I still again. I still <laughs> think nice. I think. It's it's like, yeah. It's in, if they didn't do that, the, it would just be the, really the, embarrassing for wizards. Like they, yeah, they would probably yeah. get outlash. Well, they get outlash for it's everything. It's a digital asset. Yeah, I was going to say, do they care? Paper assets are logistically very difficult to reimburse people for, and they can regain their value. Yeah. Digital assets don't have value, mm-hmm. and if you ban it, it's just yeah. yeah. So, uh, that's the least they could do. But um, in terms of meta game, after this tournament, mm-hmm. I think that you know it's really hard for me to call. Um, I think that where does Lear sit in the metagame now? Because Yuta's yeah. deck with all the counter spells mm-hmm. is honestly just preying on the Grixis and yeah. is it Epiphany lists. Yeah. Um, and it's also preying on Mono Green Stomping. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, is it Dragons is looking really strong, uh, you know, positionally? Yeah. And uh, what beats that? Well. Man, I don't know. Um, bounce interaction is really great against the egg. Yes. Um, fading hopes and divide by zeros are looking really good. Yeah. I have really been doing well with Simic Ramp. Um, I'm only playing it because I'm trapped in it because of the cards that I own on Arena. Mm-hmm. It's the best deck I can build. <laughs> uh, but Coma's really good at the moment mm-hmm. um, against decks that have counter spells. And, uh, you know, the blue-white tempo list... Um, all of its removal is destruction, mm-hmm. uh, like um, unexpected. Wait, what, is it unexpected? Um, no, uh, the, the one with Sorrow on the art, the white card. Uh, oh, oh, the one, a, that, a, a, oh. the one that lets you investigate. Yeah, unexplained. Unexplained absence. I was going to say absence, but yeah. I, I just assumed I was wrong. <laughs> yeah, safe bet. Um, Thanks. Yeah, <laughs> unexplained as- absence destroys a card. Um, Devastating Mastery destroys all permanents. Mm-hmm. Um, Blood on the Snow destroys all permanents. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Meat Hook Massacre is harder to beat, but Coma's pretty big. You'd need to Meat Hook Massacre for eight. Yeah. Um, for, for six, which would cost you eight mana, mm-hmm. uh, to kill Coma. Um, so against a ramp deck, which hopefully is getting there quickly, yeah, Coma seems quite strong at the moment. Yeah. Because uh, he's uncounterable and he's hard to destroy. Mm-hmm. Um Ren and Seven and Asika's Chariot is getting weaker because yeah. people are running bounce interaction, and that's really good. Yeah, against the that's the thing because that's what I thought would be the anti-dragons deck would be that 
the Isika Renin 7 decks because they do make, you know, two 5-5s five with Reach on turn 5. Yeah. Um, which is really, really difficult for Dragos to deal with. But, you know, with with uh, the Fading Hope... Is it Fading Hope? Is that the bounce spell? Yeah, yeah. Fading Hope. Fading Hope yeah. and Divide by mm-hmm. Zero being ran by Yuta as well. Um, those are his answers, yeah. pretty much. Those are his answers to those tokens. Yeah. So Even if you're on the draw, you know, and your, your opponent turn 5, run and 7, make a token... Mm-hmm. Um, you just you just play a dragon attack with it, use the treasure to fading hope the token out of the way, yeah. kill yeah. the end, and and like it's still hard. Yeah, so I think last week we were talking about how Goldspan Dragon is kind of on the down. When we say we, it was just Sammy. <laughs> I never thought that. I have loved Gold Sp- Goldspan Dragon from the second it came out. Sammy just he doesn't get it. He doesn't get dragons. <laughs> well, yeah. um, well, this <laughs> this this championship. Uh, meta has showed us that no, Goldspan Dragon may have been out for a second, but the second people took their eye off it, yeah. it comes back yeah, in force. Yeah, that's, that's what it is, is that I think if people people tune their decks in for this tournament for the Grixis matchups um, mm-hmm. people, you know, playing the no counter spells Leer decks, that seems like a really bad idea, unless you're also playing against Leer um, mm-hmm. but, you know, as, as we've seen, now that opens up the avenue for the Is It Dragons deck which means that the, the mono green decks they're not playing the Ren and Seven combos because they're dealing with the control decks, they want to win the games on turn 3 and 4 um, yeah. so it's, yeah, everyone's tuned their list towards the Grixis kind of, um, or, or the Leer meta, as opposed to the Is It Dragons meta, and you're right, now that has kind of taken over a little bit, so it is interesting to see the back and forth of how the meta game goes, there seems to be answers to more or less everything, but what I think we're seeing is that the Lear Aron's Epiphany decks are quite dominant because they're still not even that they're not really struggling against the mono green decks, even though they're tuned to lose to them. Um Yeah. Yep. Uh it seems it seems like they're still holding up really well. And so that's why I think Aron's Epiphany is still the top card of the meta game because you know, Goldspan mm-hmm. Dragon has an answer, it's just not in the meta right now because of the you know a, a stronger card in in Lear. Mm-hmm. So it's you know once Oran's Epiphany gets banned it's likely to we'll see that meta come back again. Um you sound pretty confident that it's going to get banned. I'm pretty confident. Yeah, he's kind of yeah. saying it like it's going to happen like it's, it's already a full I think conclusion. that one of the one of the things that we've seen in you know in this tournament especially is mm. the power uh of Oran's Epiphany being foretellable as yeah. well. Yeah. Um like being able to foretell it and get it out of your hand on turn two, protects it from a duress. Exactly. Protects it from being test of talents. Um, it's like being able to foretell it has been a huge part of the meta in this tournament. You know, like yeah. even if you're ramping really and you have a really nice curve and you have a turn two play, you seriously got to consider if you're in like a mirror match or something, um, you seriously got to consider foretelling your epiphany just to get it out of your hand so that it's protected from test of talents and duress. Mm-hmm. Um and actually a lot... Uh, so one of the sideboard cards in the Grixis Epiphany list for the mirror match is Go Blank. Um, oh, I see, yeah. Because yeah, because there's a lot of flashback. And against Lear, who gives everything flashback, uh, a Galvanic Iteration copied Go Blank is a five mana discard four cards and, and exile, exile graveyard, your yeah. opponent's graveyard. Yeah. Which is really, really good in the mirror. Really good piece of tech. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course... Our foretold epiphany is protected from those discard effects yeah. as well, um, and so yeah, like epiphany, we're finding people are finding more and more creative ways to use it. 
Um, yeah, it's and it's just busted. It's it's one of those cards that doesn't really have an answer. Um, you know, the 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 decks that should be able to answer the Epiphany decks are you know aggro decks or even even in control mirrors you should be able to answer Epiphany, but there's just no answer to it. Um, Mm-hmm. You know, as you mentioned, you can't really discard it. You can't duress it as as effectively. You'd have to turn one duress it, which is like in a control me- mirror. Um, well, maybe not, but you know what I mean. Like it's it's a very hard card to deal with. And if you if even if you did do a turn turn one duress on Epiphany, there's still six other cards in their hand which are also going to be really really good. Um, yeah. So it so yeah. If we if we don't think about bannings, mm-hmm. what needs to be printed? in Crimson Vow mm. to check these Epiphany and Leer decks? Um, what we would need, I... Pyroblast. Pyroblast. Oh, w- <laughs> one mana, Awful. red spell, to counter target blue spell, oh, or destroy oh, target blue permanent. Yeah, that'd be ridiculous. Um, um, what about Mystical Dispute? Would that just make these decks better? Yes, because Mystical Dispute's blue. <laughs> no aggro decks yeah. can learn yeah. that. Um, it's, it's good tech... Yeah, okay, fair. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, I don't think there is an answer other than making it more feasible for aggro decks to win before, like, turn six, which, in what happens then, is then the aggro decks become too good because they're winning before turn six. <laughs> so it's like... Mm. It's, it's difficult, um... I, what about an All Runs Epiphany, but printed in aggressive colours that lets you take extra combat set? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Tovalar's Epiphany. Tovalar's Tov- Epiphany. Tov- I quite like that, Tovalar's mm-hmm. Epiphany. God, that'd be great, yeah. Um, even though Tovalar has nothing to do with extra combat, Josh, just saying. <laughs> yeah, fair. <laughs> it's only because I built my deck that way. Um, but yeah, I, 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 even if there was a straight-up answer to Epiphany, I don't think that's good enough because... A meta game shouldn't rely on having one card. Uh, so it, it, what it, that would create is having that one card be like a four of in the main deck, but that makes it useless against other decks as well. It shouldn't be that way because yeah. that reminds me of things like Aethergust. Aethergust is a really, really powerful card that was in printed in M20, and that card was being run a four of in the main. Um, for those who don't remember what that yeah. does, it's a two-mana instant in blue, uh, one in the blue, and it you choose target red or green spell and put it on top of or its... Or permanent. Uh, yeah, spell or permanent. Um, yeah. And they, the opponent has to choose if they want to put it on top of their library or to the bottom of their library. Um, mm. So that effectively gets around things that can't be countered because it's you're choosing the spell and you're not countering the spell. Um, yeah. yeah. And it was, just, it was just such a powerful card in the meta, even though it only targeted red and green permanents effectively making it a sideboard card it would be run in the main and i don't think that makes for a healthy meta game i don't think cards that should be sideboard cards should be able to be playable in the main yeah Hmm, i agree with that um yeah i remember running main deck mystical disputes at Mm -hmm. at a time um because it it was yeah it was just that's just the way that the meta was yeah and i Um, yeah so yeah that's a really good point um and that's why but I what think... what do we need to see to check all of these decks? You know, what, what would it take yeah. to uh, sort of balance out the Epiphany decks? I don't know. That's, that's the point I was trying so to get powerful. at, though, is that there shouldn't, be, there shouldn't need to be a card that checks for Aaron's Epiphany. Yeah, I think it just mm. needs to go, I th- unfortunately. Also, oh, you are, you are pro-banning pro it. That's where you I, I'm pro-banning it, stand. yeah. It's, okay. It's 
not like extra turn extra turn cards have always just been lame right and that doesn't matter it, it doesn't matter if it's lame but in this in this case it's lame <laughs> um, every time they're printed in standard they are broken they the are, last yeah. standard legal turns card was nexus of fate and that deck was disgusting time warp was printed in historic and that was banned as well um I'm, yeah. i don't know what they're trying to do <laughs> i think yeah so why like why they just keep going at it print in extra turns well they're uh, an important part of magic it's just yeah being able to copy them for so cheap is yeah it's utilizing yeah utilizing your whole deck for a whole nother turn you know you get to draw a card untap all your lands play extra things attack again especially like with considering godspan dragon right you if you have one godspan dragon on the battlefield you are on epiphany so you attack with your dragon you are on epiphany and you mm -hmm. can possibly get like uh four eight or 16 damage or something like that mm -hmm. um just off of the orange epiphany and that that feels a bit ridiculous to me. Um, I don't know if that's the exact number, but you know, you, you get a lot if you can play like another dragon and attack with both of them, and also all of the birds that you make. Yeah, um, it's it's twelve damage off of just no ten no, damage, ten, ten dam damage off uh, of just Auron's Epiphany and nothing else. Yeah. yeah, and if you have nothing else, then that's still pretty good. You know, that's if, still half lifetime. Exactly, standard, isn't it? Um, so. And you're making yeah, it, it's it it basically it, it's a finisher. It's a finishing card. It finishes the game, and I think it finishes it a bit too easily without being able to be interacted with. Uh, things like planeswalkers, mm -hmm. planeswalkers as finishers are interactable. You know, there's plenty of planeswalker hate cards. Things like fry uh, things. Well, obviously that doesn't exist in standard, but you know, it, there's just not a feasible way for Auron's Epiphany to be. Uh, countered i would say not physically countered but <laughs> metagame <laughs> countered i would say so yeah i th i think it does require a ban i do think it's too powerful okay. and there shouldn't need to be an answer to it hmm. what do you guys think that's good insight i can't really think of a way to check the deck like when i think of the nexus of fate deck mm -hmm. what would you do against it um you know how would you, how would we sideboard against Nexus of Fate? Oh gosh, Nexus of I Fate. I don't really remember. And Nexus of Fate revolved around Wilderness Reclamation mm -hmm. um, being part of the combo as well. And you kind of tried to fight the Wilderness Wreck and search for as counter. You tried to sort of yeah, so get rid of that card selection. So you used to have to attack not the Epiphany but the things that set it up. And I do think that's a part of this. I do think that on top of Epiphany. Um, Lear is actually busted. Five mana draw half your deck, basically, mm. is really, really good. Yeah. Um, and expressive iteration is so, so good. Yeah, like, really, yeah. two mana to look at three and draw two yeah. is just such a good rate of card selection and draw. Mm -hmm. um, it, that's a really, really good spell. Prismari Command is the best command spell of the lot of them, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe Lawhold Command is very good, but it's five mana. Because mm -hmm. my command is three, three, three mana, instant speed, super versatile spell. Mm. So the support that red blue spells has, um, it has the best support. It has the best top end finisher. Yeah. Mm. Um, oddly, it has the best creatures as well. <laughs> it's pretty powerful. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It's uh, so it is tricky. I think if you if it were to be Bannings then Auron's Epiphany would, like, the finisher is what needs to be banned. Mm -hmm. But I think that what really pushes Auron's Epiphany over the edge is the amount of support that it has. It's also, um, yeah. In, you know, being able to make treasures to ramp yeah. 
uh, like Red Blue at the moment makes so much treasure to which can wrap you to an epiphany. Yeah. Um, and mm-hmm. you know, expressive iteration is just really strong. Uh, the counter spells are weak at the moment. Yes. Yeah. Which they are. may better counter spells might make the deck better, but might also make counterplay better as well. But concerted defense is useless unless you're playing a party deck. Mm-hmm. And other than that. Um, there are just yeah, there are like counter spells are more expensive than they have been in previous standards. Um, yeah, which I don't know whether that would, like like you said, Sam, if Mystical's Dispute were reprinted, would that make Epiphany decks better or worse? I th- I, don't, I, think I think it would make them better because it's hard to say because yeah, they have being able to dispute an opponent's dispute is is quite simple. Like you you then just spend one extra turn, so you spend another turn not playing your epiphany because so you can hold up the dispute mana but then if you're not playing your epiphany you still have that seven mana that you're or six mana that you're definitely keeping up the tempo with like you know you slam a dragon down or just yeah. pass yeah. the turn and wait for them to do something um either way I, you're, you're still pretty you're still sitting quite pretty with uh with the deck so mm-hmm. i do think as well like oran's epiphany has when you do actually think about it since it's been printed into standard it has been the tier one card um when it came out in cow time it was the ultimatum deck. Like the ultimatum deck always picks Oron's mm. Epiphany, uh, and yeah, Emergent yeah. Ultimatum was the reason it was it was powerful. But you know, not being able to choose if it didn't have Oron's Epiphany, it would struggle a lot. Um, yeah. So Oron's Epiphany, Epiphany has always seen play in the top deck since it's come out, and that to me is a sign that it might need to go. Um, it's just mm-hmm. not been answerable for the past however many sets that have come out since Kaldheim. So you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. It's a tricky problem. Mm-hmm. Um, designing a healthy standard is difficult. Oh yeah, um, yeah. But it is. I think it's good to see that uh, you know three of the players in this world championship bought the exact same Grixis Epiphany decklist. Yeah. Um, and then there were several other versions of the decklist on top of that. Mm-hmm. But the top four has one Grixis Epiphany, mm-hmm. um, one Is It Dragons, one Team of Treasures, and uh, whatever Strasky's playing. Is it Epiphany? Is oh, it Epiphany? So, the, okay, yeah. uh, so four four different, different decks. Yeah, four different decks. Um, although red blue is Wait, three of them are similar. Literally Strasky's all deck. of the decks yeah. are red blue. Is Strasky playing Lear? No counter spells. With is it? Um, bear with. Please check the list, Sarah. Because <laughs> isn't he, is he not playing the same bear as as Yuta? He is not playing the same deck as Yuta. Okay. Um, I don't know what kind of list he's playing, uh, but he did win every game with it, so maybe it's something a little different. Talk amongst yourselves while I scroll. <laughs> I would rather awkwardly wait in silence. Yes, let's actually. do that. Okay, shall I sing? Yes. Come on, Sammy. Oh, you do it. You said you'd sing. <laughs> yeah, but it's mine and Sammy's thing. We've done it like three Have times. Have you found now. the list yet? <laughs> I'm scrolling. I think he might be at the bottom. Uh, <laughs> there he is. There we go. What was the question? What, what was he running? <laughs> no, but I thought you were asking if he was. He's not. I don't think he's playing Lear. Is that what you are? So it's not the same yeah, as Yuta's right. list, right? Don't compare it. Let me look. <laughs> no, I'm trying to. Why is there not a thing for where creatures are? Is he not playing any creatures? He might not be playing any creatures. So he's not playing like Smoldering Dragon or anything like that. Smoldering Egg, sorry. Or Goldspan Dragon. Mm. What is he playing? Go- he's got Goldspan Dragon. That's that's why I was a bit confused. Yeah. He's got Goldspan Dragon and Smoldering Egg in his sideboard. 
Right. Um, so I think he is playing this, a similar list to you to then. It is. is but it? there is there is no um, Lear though. Okay. So what is the deck? Is there counter spells in it, Sarah? Sure. Can I take a look? Yes. Yeah. So then. Um, so he is he yeah he has gone full on spell slinger uh, with nearly play sets of iteration epiphany burn down the house um, a bunch of he is playing a bunch of counter spells no lear uh, okay so, so counter that spells is, burn yeah spells. that is the same as Yuta's list then well um, the difference is that in the main deck Yuta is playing four gold span dragon four um, smoldering smoldering egg. Egg. yeah whereas. Uh, whereas Strusky has some copies of those cards, but they're all in the yeah, sideboard. But it, yeah, but uh, it is so. the same. It is the same shell. Like I don't think you can call this deck different. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think no? so because no, because turn like game one. Um, or, Utah's game plan is to resolve Smoldering Egg early, flip it early, and if you can't do that mid game, you're going in with a Goldspan Dragon, mm-hmm. and then late game you are. I don't. Is he playing Epiphanies? Yeah, he is. Utah. I don't think he, he is. is. Yeah, is he? He is. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, and then late game you're playing Epiphanies. Whereas Strasky's strategy is literally control the board until you play Epiphany, and just copy the Epiphany, and that's mm. the that's he's doubling down on Galvanic iteration and Epiphany combo for the win. Okay. There's, there's no other way to win in the deck. There's, he has no creatures, um, so he he needs to he needs to copy an Epiphany. Uh, to win, whereas Yuta can win off of dragons, and at most of the time he's going to win off of dragons. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're still very, very similar decks. They are. Um, yes. Yeah, so the top four, there are four, four different decks, I would say, but all of them have red blue in, and yeah. that definitely indicates that <laughs> the, the team in one doesn't count as blue, right? That's just negate. Yeah, it's just negate. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, fair, yeah. <laughs> that's wet gruel. That is. <laughs> That, that is horrid. <laughs> wet gruel. Yeah, it's not even wet. It's like slightly splashed gruel. Yeah. Moist gruel. Moist no, gruel. Let's not go with moist. Gruel moist. Oh, oh. Love it. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, so that's interesting. Um, we'll see the outcome of this tournament once this, you know, afterwards. Well, but the people who are listening will already know what exactly. Yeah. So, let's, let's lay down some real hard predictions shall okay. we mm-hmm. uh what do we think the how do we think the top four is going to go well i have a question before i answer because you said something yesterday josh that the the winner from the losers bracket I, if that's the correct word for so, it so yeah I fights think I against the ask. um how how exactly yeah how like go. how does so that work? i i do not know exactly i hope i'm right but i think what's going to happen is that the top four are going to play it out and mm-hmm. kind of decide on a winner. And the losers bracket are going to play it out and decide on who was at the top of the losers bracket. Okay. And the finals is going to be the winner of the winners bracket versus the winner of the losers bracket. To take home the championship... And I would imagine... The winner of... Sorry, yeah. Hold that thought for a second. Uh, to take home the cup, the winner of the winners bracket needs to win one match. To... Mm-hmm. However, the winner of the losers bracket would need to win two matches against the winner. So of the if the winner, winner of the loser bracket wins the first match, they go to a second. Yeah, it's a double Otherwise, elimination. If the winner just wins first. That's it. Okay. Yeah, double double. Elimination. So yeah, the the, yes. the double elimination. The way that what that means is to lose to lose your spot in this tournament, you have to lose twice. Uh, so that means if you win all your games and get to the winners, the grand finals, 
as the winner, you need to lose twice against the same player uh, who's in the loser, the winners finals okay. with you. So that's, and how many of the eight that are in the losers bracket are actually in the losers bracket? Is is all do all eight of them play again today, or is there like the top four well, of those eight? Like Sam's. Uh, yeah, I'm, I, I'm not sure what the bracket is looking like. If because you, you, yeah, everyone's saying top four. I would imagine it should be top eight or something like that. Because you'd have four in the winners, four in the losers. Um, that's that's, yeah, that's the traditional. What I was asking, how many? That's the traditional bracket, double elimination bracket. With how how it would work. Um, so players one to eight of yesterday will be playing today. I honestly, I don't. Know. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, I do not know. But one, okay. <laughs> All the questions. It will only be one of the top four in the final the current top four it will only be one of them that makes it to the final versus one of whoever's in the well it, it could it, it could right? it well because if it's the top four in the right now what could happen say that's for example let's andre strutsky strutsky and yuta what could happen is mm-hmm. andres wins their top four bracket and yuta would i would imagine go to the losers bracket I'm assuming that's how oh, yeah, it would work. Yeah. And then he could win the loser's oh, bracket to okay. come back and play against Andrej again in the grand finals. Yeah, that's right. And then he'd have to double eliminate Andrej to win. Okay, that makes more sense. Because yeah. I was going to so say think... it's difficult to give predictions unless I know... So it could still be this top four at the end. <sighs> I, 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 I honestly... I, I, I'm losing track. But yeah. yeah, me too. I think the gist of it, as Sam said, is that at this point... You have to lose two matches to be out the top. Yes, okay. and the one winner will be either someone who win- who loses no matches or has only lost one match. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I think that I mean Strasky has put up some serious results this whole tournament. He's mm-hmm. he is on fire. Mm-hmm. Um, Utah, although like Utah, honestly, I would say equally on fire. Yeah. His draft portion was weak. He said it would be weak. Um, he went into standard more confident and he won every game. Mm-hmm. So really, even though Strasky's uh, record is much better because um, he did better at draft, it doesn't really matter because the finals is going to be standard. Yeah. So Utah and Strasky, in my opinion, are on pretty even Yeah, pretty mm-hmm. even footing. Um, uh, De- Gene Emmanuel Deprayers uh, <laughs> is... Is doing very well as well, and he's playing a, uh, a more aggressive deck. He is the aggressive deck of these four. Uh, Jan Merkel, I think, is... Not to say he's not a strong player, I think he's the underdog of this group of four players. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, I think that, yeah, I, I would... It would be an upset, I think, if Jan Merkel won the thing. Mm. Is he running um, the Grixis list? My, he is yes. running like a classic, yeah, Grixis Epiphany. Okay. List. Um, my money is on Yuta. Uh, Yuta Takahashi is my champion for this evening. Interesting. I, what do you think, Sam? Who do you think is going to take it home? I think do you actually. Think PBDDR is going to make a storming comeback. <laughs> I actually think the Grixis Aww. list might win. Um, Who who's oh. playing the Azorius Tempo list? I have no idea. <laughs> Someone is. Someone's playing an Azorius Tempo list, and it's the only one in the competition. Yeah. Um, no, I think predictions-wise, I do think uh, the the Grixis list will win. The is his name Jan Merkel? Do you say? Yeah, yeah. Jan Merkel. Jan Merkel. I think he might take the win. Um, I think Grixis is poised to be the um, the best deck. It's up to the player to pilot it correctly. So I agree. Grixis is definitely like there's a reason that there are so many copies of it yeah. in this tournament. Yeah, on paper I think it's likely that Yan could win, but you know, it's very, you know, it's it is all down to the players at the end of the day. But mm-hmm. yeah. 
But so honestly, I think if it's the Grixis list, I just think Yuta has such a good matchup against it. Mm-hmm. Like the Grixis list is running Duress, which can, yes, take out an Epiphany, but cannot deal with dragons. Um, running Power Word Kill, which cannot <laughs> deal with dragons. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I, just, I think that Yuta has a really good matchup against the Grixis list. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. We'll find out. We'll find out. What about you, Sarah? Mm-hmm. Who do you think is so going to win? Who's running Azori's tempo? Oh, um, Noriyuki Mori. Noriyuki Mori. Where's his in the standings? Do you know? I do not write at this moment, but I can have a look. Um, but who do I who do I think is going to win? Yeah, I do think it's going to be Andre Strasky, but oh, yes. I will be I will be equally as happy, maybe happier, if it's um. Well. Yuta Takahashi. Sorry, I drew a blank. So there's three. I'm trying to find the list. Three different winners from the three of us. Then interesting to see. Uh, sorry, who are you betting on, Jan Merkel? Yeah, I'm going for Jan. Yeah. Um, I don't really know. I don't. I've not watched him or really heard of him as a player. But in terms of the list, I think you like the list. Well, I like. I don't like the list. I hate it. It Sucks. You like the list to win. Yeah, to win. Believe in the list. You believe in the list. Believe in that that list to win. So on paper, I have Jan Michael down to win. But we'll see. We'll see. I think it's likely that Yuta could take it as well. Um, Yeah. Well. Yeah. I mean, all four of them. uh, Yeah, it's anyone's game, really. Um, We'll see. We'll see how it goes. But PVDDR. Did not uh, like is not at the top of the standings. Yeah. Uh, Arne Hushenbet, also a notable player for us, we've talked about him before. Unfortunately, is at the bottom. And I thought that LSV was in the draft section. Yeah, I thought I saw. I thought him. I saw him. And then, I, I, but then I don't think I saw him again. Yeah, maybe I don't. I don't actually know. I don't know. Did we just assume he was there? Well, like we say, you know, the the magic and the players are entertaining, but the format of the competition and like wizards are just really bad at communicating what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so we don't really know what's going on I don't even know if the players know what's going on <laughs> um, so if you guys are listening then you already know which one of us uh, has won but we'll check maybe in next none week of us. maybe none of us yeah, yeah. exactly uh, maybe Gene Emmanuel deep prayers is gonna <laughs> bring home the, is gonna bring home the money that that 250 thousand uh, not two, not just 250 250 <laughs> it would be um, it would be quite poetic if he won because I remember he was the he was Jean Emmanuel Deprat was the one who lost the uh, he lost to Javier Dominguez in the grill match um, when everyone was running Golos Field of the Dead and Oko, yeah. he was the one in the finals running Golos Field to lose to Javier Dominguez, who's playing Gruel. And now he's playing the Wet Gruel deck. Yeah, the Wet Gruel. <laughs> <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see that. That'd be pretty cool. It's like he yeah, was enlightened by the Gruel to... deck. Yeah, he's back to once you it. go Gruel, you... You're... You'll never. You know it's really cool. You know it's really cool. Yeah, there That's you go. Pretty good. Thank you. There you mm. go. Uh, so let's wrap it up there and let's see who comes out on top out of the three of us and who comes out on top overall in the world championship yeah Yeah. Um, so uh, thank you for joining me guys I'll catch up with you all next week once again follow us on twitter at chatterstormpod check out our blog at chatterstorm.co.uk and we'll catch you next week bye bye
I really want to launch into the Skyrim uh, <laughs> theme music, like the yeah, Dovokin, Dovokin. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah.